Hello, hello, I'm Ruby Jones. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Spectrum Talk. Today, I'll be talking to Alicia Young, an actor, activist, writer, and director of the stage play Black Nativity, which will be playing from December 1st through December 30th at Vintage Theater in Aurora, Colorado. Alicia was a Denver Urban Spectrum African-Americans who make a difference honoree in 2021. She was a Broncos Touchdown for Teachers recipient, and in 2022, True West Award winner for her work with Ideas, which galvanizes diversity, equity, inclusion, and access in the arts. She was recently recognized for her community involvement by Colorado Black Women for Political Action, and I'm so happy to have her here today. Thank you for joining me, Alicia. Thank you, Ruby. I appreciate this time with you to talk, so... Thank you for inviting me in. Of course. To begin, I would love for you to tell me a little about the history of Black Nativity. The Black Nativity play musical, I should say, has a rich history. A lot of folks know it and they and they and there's a connection in the community where when you say the black nativity everyone's oh i love that play i love that play i remember seeing it when i was a kid i remember you know uh watching that and and i know that play and there's also recently a movie so everybody has the connection to the movie also but originally the play was um written by langston hughes and the, uh, he was the playwright, and he also did some of the the songs, the music that was selected, um, which many of them are some of our spirituals and gospel music from our rich, rich, rich culture and history in the Christian and uh, Christian church. Right. So um, Langston Hughes was, of course, everybody knows him as a poet but not many people know all the things he did, all the facets of what Langston Hughes um, was truly talented at. And one thing was he was this playwright and he was an activist and he was one of the leaders of the Harlem Renaissance. So um, he, in 1961, created this musical to tell the nativity tale from an African-American perspective, a Black church lens. And that is what I'm really and truly excited about with um, our play, our musical that, you know, everybody has this, this rich history of knowing about. But the fascinating thing that many people don't realize is that what Langston wrote was a framework. And within this framework, each show has a bit of the source material that Langston Hughes has written. And then over the years, if you look at um, the work that's been done all over the United States in churches, in playhouses, there's a revision. There's a revision to the story and folks take from what's happening now within the culture to speak to what we are doing as a people in, in, in 
keeping ourselves protected, keeping ourselves preserved, keeping our history, keeping our cultural um, aspects alive um, through music, through dance, through pantomime and costuming. You know, I, I love telling the story because I, I kind of do it all, but through the costumes and through the set design. So you can look, I, I tell people this all the time, you can look at 20 different productions of the Black Nativity and see 20 different tales of the same story. Oh, wow. So that must give you a lot of creative freedom as the director to kind of make it your own, right? It does. And that's what I'm really excited about. Um, in Colorado, in Denver history, um, we have had some great, I always say the giants who shoulders I'm standing upon. Mm -hmm. I've had some great folks who have presented this in the past and I lean on and I've called into this space, um, the great, and <laughs> I call her the great Mama Joe Bunton Keel, uh, Jimmy Walker, also Daryl Walker, who uh, was the music director for many years and the theater company that I as a child in Denver or a teenager in Denver saw this through the most was Ulipians and Jimmy Walker and um, Joe Bunton Keel were the co-founders of Ulipians and it was a annual event that everybody in the community was ready for is like, get your tickets. It's going to you know be the creativity. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm just now listening to you um, talking about it and just kind of describe its history in Denver alone. I feel like I remember attending um, a, a showing of Black Nativity when I was a little girl, my aunt took me mm -hmm. and I was just impressed because it was this beautiful portrayal of music and dance. And to me, it said holidays. So I have great memories too. Aww. And that's, and that's what I'm finding. Um, even on social media, when I first announced, okay, I'm getting ready to direct this. So many people were like, oh, I remember it and I love it and I'm glad it's back. And I know, um, <clears throat> and I'm not sure of the year where Ulipians, um, well, first of all, Ulipians, of course, closed. Um, Mama Jo, I believe, went into teaching and then uh, uh, Jimmy Walker and some of the other folks you know, uh, like Jeffrey Nicholson and Hugo's uh, sales, um, they went on to found like Shadow Theater Company and they went on to found the Source Theater Company and other ventures. Um, and then you had where I believe another organization, a, 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 a gospel organization, a gospel music organization picked it up and they also did it. So that's the thing is like, there has been so many different iterations of it. And so many people have such fond memories of, and I just want to do honor to those who went before and to the story itself of the nativity of Christ. And then our story, you know, yeah. our history, our culture. Yeah, it's nice that you'll have that um, built-in support for it in the community. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you is that aside from the theater world, you have such a rich history in Denver's community um, and in the church. What does Black Nativity specifically mean to you? So, you know, I always joke, and it, and it may be true. I believe it's true because my mom told me it was true. I believe the first time I acted was like I was baby Jesus. 
<laughs> or, you know, it was one of those Sunday school, you know, where you had to say the Easter program, you get up with your little white socks and your dress on and your tight black shiny shoes and your hair, and, you know, your little your little hat and things and your little basket and you had to and this is easter you know and you had to say your speech and so i caught the bug early for acting and um being on stage so i i do recall like my very first play um being about five years old and wow. being brought uh, my godmother who was very integral in new york city where i grew up was uh, connected to the theater and she would take me to see all the plays and take me to see um, off-Broadway shows so like I got to see mama I want to sing and your arms too short to box with God and I didn't realize at that time you know that these things were great things um, seeing the Wiz and seeing the original cast of the Wiz as a child you know and not realizing I'm watching Stephanie Mills. I got to go backstage and say hi. Wow. You know, not realizing like these are the legacy, the the legends of black theater. And um catching the bug really early and then also, you know, being a part of the black theater community whether you want to talk about its resources or whatever, you had to learn how to do everything. Mm -hmm. so that was build a set, resource your costumes, sell the tickets, <laughs> tell everybody, come see the show. So I that's the tradition that I come from. And I think that's kind of the tradition that we're working with. Not, not as, you know, we do have vintage theater is producing this, but that is the communal um, feeling that we're making with this cast and this, you know, um, music and music direction and our costumer and our choreographer we have got, we've just got some great folks who've come alongside to work with this so um working in the community has always been a part of my background uh, my parents my father uh the late dr jules smith was a pastor at rising star grew up you know, being a preacher, pastor's kid, PK, preacher's kid, and always on the forefront with him of anything in the community, anything that was going on. There was a protest. We was, pro I'm out there protesting, you know. Um, if there was a community meeting at the church, if it was the NAACP, the Black Panthers, you know, knowing that knowing who those folks were being a part of those conversations from the time i was a child until now i've just always had that community first heart and so i think i'm thankful for my parents and my mother also i need to mention her name reverend dr ida guy smith you know just knowing that their legacy um, in this community and the communities that we've lived in have always been towards civil rights they've always been towards you know how do we feed the people how do we clothe the people how do we take care of people's souls and at the end of the day isn't that what the nativity is isn't that what jesus came to do to take care of one another now, that's the message that, okay, I'm, I may be a little indulgent in saying that's what I took away from what Jesus said. 
is like take care of one another, love one right. another. Right. I love that. And I relate to your story. I'm, as you're talking, I'm just thinking back to my own upbringing. And uh, my grandmother is Ruby Jackson. And so many years ago, she brought me to Leak Memorial. It was the first church that I attended in Aurora. And I remember doing, and I think it was a Christmas program. It may have been Easter. And then I grew up attending Peaceful Rest Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. And every holiday, I had my little script for my program. And I was right there, too. And I just so admire you for going full throttle with not only the theater and um, production and really turning it into an incredible career, but also being so involved in the community for all these years. It's amazing that you're being recognized um, publicly for all the work that you're doing and I love the fact that you're working to expose the arts to people who may not have had exposure otherwise. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, what is uh, what is your favorite part of the production, Black Nativity? So right now, I'll, I'll just be honest. It's the music. It's always the music for me. I am, you know, a kid who grew up in the choir. Uh, my mom used to be like, girl, you always sing around the house. I was like, because y'all always made me sing. You, know? <laughs> you always had me singing. So, um, in fact, my family's kind of like the families. I don't know if you all do it, but you'll have a conversation and you could just burst out into a song that is connected to the theme of the conversation. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Are right? we related? Because, yeah, we do that all the time. Maybe. I, I had a couple of Aunt Rubies in my life. Oh. You might <laughs> You look like the gene, you know, down the genealogy uh, aisle and see where we are connected. But at some point, yeah. we all are connected, right? Because um, we're all family. That's the way right. I see it. Um, and the other thing is, as a director, thematically, I wanted to look at, and let me just be honest, Christmas is my favorite time of the year. It was me and my dad's thing. We would shop together, we would hide the gifts together, we'd wrap the gifts together, we'd decorate the tree, we'd have that first cup of eggnog together, and everybody else in our family was like, ew, eggnog, and I was like, it's our thing. <laughs> we have one glass as we're putting, you know, putting up everything, we have a mug of eggnog together. But um, <clears throat> I've always, because once again, because of the ministry side that my family, you know, this tradition of ministry. My grandfather was a minister. My mom was a minister. My husband's a minister. I, uh, you know, ministering unto people. Um, I found this poem, and it was it's by the great theologist and civil rights activist Howard Thurman, and it's called "The Work of Christmas." And I'm going to read it. I'm not going to pretend like I'm sitting here so brilliant and i you know got this memorized but oh, it goes do. when the song of the angels is stilled when the star in the sky is gone when the kings and the princes are home when the shepherds are back with their flocks the work of christmas begins to find the lost to heal the broken to feed the hungry to release the prisoner to rebuild the nations to bring peace among the people to make music in the heart and at the end of the day, I think that is what we all should be striving for because Christmas should be every day. The nativity should be every day. There are little babies being born every day that are miracles. And 
and they're just an equally as important as that little baby that was born 2000 years ago in a manger. Yeah. And when you look at the black mothers and infant mortality rate right now, why aren't we equally as important? When you look at the homelessness rate of children, the kids who are living with food insecurities, healthcare, what's going on with the streets with in the streets with black men and women being attacked by the very officers who are paid to protect us. Right. Those are the things thematically that I'm saying after Christmas is done, then what? It's a great connection. Um, so, yeah. So that's going to be a part of our revision. Okay. And I'm sorry, I spoke over you. What are you saying? No, no, yeah, no, I love that. Um, and I, I guess one of the next questions I was going to ask is what are the most important takeaways that audiences will leave with? And it sounds like that's a great answer to it right there. I mean, revisions that really echo what's going on in our society and even in our own city. That's great. You know, there's this gospel song and it's called Personal Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think to me, that's what's most important is in our lifetime, we will not see the Christ that walked with the disciples. We will not see the, see physically see, I should say, in human form, but that does not mean you don't have a relationship or spiritual sight of Christ. But we will not see the babe that was born in the manger. We will not see a unhoused Joseph and Mary who walked 90 miles while Mary was eight and a half, nine months pregnant through rough terrain, weather, wild animals to go pay their taxes. We won't see them. Right. But we see each other. Every day we walk past, work with, talk to family members, people on the street, strangers, people in the line at the Starbucks. And how are you treating each other and teaching each other about Christ, teaching each other love? Even if you're not a believer, what are we teaching each other about love? Um, When we allow little children to go to school And the takeaway that they have is I need to learn how to barricade a door and hide from gun violence in my school, bullies. Mm -hmm. That to me is what are we doing? What are we doing when we're stripping people of their culture, their story. I mean, I could go on and on about, and I will not, did I just get, I did get a little emotional, sorry. But I could go on and on about how we fail each other day by day by not loving each other. 
And I tell, I, I teach also, and I tell kids every day, there's enough hate in the world. Mm-hmm. What can we do to pour love in? That's beautiful. And so important. Well, you made me a little emotional as well. And you're absolutely right. The stories that we grow up with and that we kind of idolize and fantasize about this beautiful world and these great sacrifices that were made for us. What are we doing with those sacrifices? Yeah. And, and the other thing is, you know, when you think about Christmas, I asked my cast this, I said, do you remember what you got last Christmas? Mm. Do you, you got the Christmas before that? Do you remember wow. what you got the Christmas before that? The Christmas, what was in that box? Wow. You know, and we might be focusing on the wrong things. We might be focusing on materialistic things mm-hmm. and not what's important. And that's that music that sings on in our in our hearts. Well, and it's like you just said, I mean, you have these beautiful memories of the actual celebration of Christmas and the preparation for Christmas with your father and your family and everything. And that's, you know, we say that that's what's so important. But again, we get caught up in the materialism and the consumerism of the season. So I just can't wait for all of the Christmas festivities, but especially Black nativity, because now I get to, you know, immerse myself in that story again and remind myself the saying that I grew up hearing that Jesus is the reason for the reason this. for this. Yeah. <laughs> well, switching gears a little bit, what is so special about the cast of Black Nativity this year? I'm so excited. I'm so happy you asked me. When I tell you, I have 20 of the most beautiful adults. Singing adults too. I mean, they go sing the house down. Get ready. Okay. And, and folks, um, so I'm gonna start with my adult cast and then I'll brag a little bit about the youth cast. But um one thing, Mose um Brown, who is my assistant director, one thing that we both agreed on is that we wanted more than just the professional actor to come into this space. And even in our audition call, we were like, hey, if you're a singer, we're interested in seeing you. Don't worry about the acting part. We can we can teach you how to act. In fact, we're acting right now. We act all throughout our day. As an artist, that's the way I think. You know, when you're sick and you have to go to work and perform, you're acting. Mm-hmm. So, so um, we got folks who are church folks who may have done like a few church plays. We got some folks who, um, you know, it's like, hey, I can't be in the show, but I got this person at my church and his son. I'd love for you to see him. So we got like father and sons. We got mothers and sons. We've got mothers and daughters. I've got a set of twins with their mom. You know, it's just like the community came forward and I got really excited about, it was really hard to cast too. It was really hard to say, you know, um, this person shouldn't make the cut. And it was funny because so many of them came in and the first thing they said before they auditioned, I'm not really an actor. I'm not really a singer. And, I, you know, I'm going to just do my best. Hey. <laughs> and that's And that's that internal monologue that we give ourselves that 
Right. We're not good enough. Right. And when I tell you, some of them took us to church, sitting in a theater, and we had to talk about the um, we had to talk about the black culture of throwing a shoe at somebody and what it means. <laughs> you know, like you saying that's so good, I'll take my shoe off and throw it at you. Mm-hmm. And and it was it was it's so much love that I see folks who are like, well, I never acted before but I'm willing to give this a chance because someone's giving me a chance. And it, and I think we also have that, we're, we're so used to these competition shows where everybody's like, oh, it's a competition and I have to win the role. And that's not what we were looking for. We were looking for like, can you come in here and tell us this story and tell it through song and tell yeah. it through dance? And then, uh, just like I said, I gotta take five seconds and brag on my babies. The babies came through. And uh, one of them, uh, two of them, uh, all of them, but one in particular, um, his name is Bradford Stanton, Staten. And Bradford is the grandson of Jeffrey Nicholson, who um, Jeffrey Nicholson was the founder of Shadow Theater. In fact, we are, his mother is the board president at Vintage, Shoshana Staten. She is playing our mother, Africa. And when we were uh, doing our callback, I, grouped up the men and I grouped up some of the women and Bradford was with the men. Bradford is all of seven years old. And I said, what you're going to do is you're going to go out and pick a Christmas carol or a Christmas song, put together a little uh, group, you know, come back and sing it and do your moves and everything. And when Bradford group came back, it's all the men, right? And I'm thinking one of the grown men was going to step forward. And Bradford goes, we going to sing Jingle Bells. <laughs> He had oh all the robots singing Jingle Bells. Wow. And it was so, you know, it was so inf- just refreshing to see a kid, especially now when they're, as much as they're taking the arts out of school, just so big eyed about, I belong on this stage. And not only am I going to sing, I'm going to direct these grown men with me. So I just mm-hmm. see the greatness in him. You know, and, and Zania, Walker, uh, Emmanuel, Elijah, I could call all of their names, Adonis, Isis, Sarai, Trayasha, who is a rapper. She's a young woman. She's a rapper. She came in, I'm not a singer. I'm not an actor. I'm a rapper. And she, I said, well, rap something for me. And she came in and just free spit some words. And I was like, why did you come in there and say, you're not an actor. You're not a singer. Rapping is that art of combining all of that together. And the words you just said that's great needs to be in this show yeah and i'm giving away too much there's so many surprises <laughs> that, i don't know you're gonna have to edit this because i don't want them to know everything <laughs> well and one of the questions that i was going to ask is um how much growth have you seen in the cast from the time that you started rehearsals until now and then also i'd love to know how you specifically encourage that growth based on your background and how you inspired them to overcome any kind of fears that they may have been experiencing? So to see someone, I had two women and I won't mention their names, but to see them come in and audition with their eyes closed tells me a lot about what their experience has been with singing in front of someone or speaking in front of someone or even, you know, whatever, performing in right. front of people. Right. To now just watching them command their space and breath on the stage. 
and being a magi, being an angel, being a shepherdess, being the old woman on the street that's gossiping, watching that growth. And, and when I tell you we did um, auditions and callbacks the 1st of October, we're in the first, a month ago, three weeks and actually two weeks of rehearsal. It has been astounding. It has been breathtaking and and I can't wait to see where we get to December 1st. And I forgot the second question because I was glowing on my cast. <laughs> I think you answered it. I asked how you inspired everyone to overcome their fears, but I mean, with a director like you, who is so, um, what's the word? Enthusiastic, just mm -hmm. about their, um, their innate talent and their skills. And I mean, you're, you're bragging on them. You're making me really excited to see it. Hey, so that hey, this whole story here. comes together and the, and the costumes and the lights and the set and the folks get together. When all God's children get together, what a time, <laughs> what a time, what a time. And I want to, you know, I, I want to encourage the community. And I know you're probably going there and I'm probably leading your interview to come in with that same spirit. Right. That it is not just the story being told on the stage. Right. It is how the community receives and experiences it at the same time. Right. Because we should be having a good time. This is the good news that Christ came to save us. Mm. And now what are we doing with that gift? Right. That is the greatest Christmas gift ever, right? Now, what are you doing with that gift? Are you giving it away or are you keeping it to yourself? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, it sounds just great. There's no doubt in my mind that Black Nativity is going to be a wonderful production and the perfect way to celebrate the holiday season. I, I really hope that everybody listening will go out and buy tickets. Alicia, where should they buy those tickets? And are they available now or do we need to wait a little bit until it gets closer to December? Nope. Tickets are live right now. And okay. what I want to encourage is to bring your family bring your churches bring your organizations bring your co-workers uh we even said bring your frenemies bring your enemies <laughs> this might be the Daily show that, friends <laughs> this might be the show that turns things around um you can go to the vintage website and it is vintage theater and it is re and i think if you put in er it'll redirect there too but it's okay. v-i-n-t-a-g-e theater t-h-e-a-t-r-e dot o-r-g and backslash black nativity you can even google uh black nativity musical denver and it should be the first one that pops up okay. tickets range from um 28 to 38 20 for kids i believe and don't quote me on that it's a shame i should have had my information in front of me oh no that's okay we'll put all the descriptions um in the description box below and uh, we'll make sure that everybody has the right information because we want to make sure that everybody gets those tickets and we want we want this to be a rekindling of a beautiful tradition and bring your families because that's you and I just spoke to how like this was a part of our family tradition and this is a beautiful tradition and it is it's a lot 
it's a lot that we need right now with right. everything that's going on. I don't know about you. I don't like turning on the TV or the news right now. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about love. Right. Right. Oh my goodness. Well, you heard her folks. Make sure you get your tickets so we can go hear about love and hear about renewal and the holiday season and the reason for that season. Thank you so much for talking to me today, Alicia. Thank you, Ruby. This has been amazing. Appreciate of course. It. Yeah. And thank you all for tuning in and be sure to subscribe to Spectrum Talk for more interviews with people making waves and creating change. Take care. <laughs>